Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Well, let's get into the Word today. And uh, how many going to be praying with Pastor? Praise God. And uh, I want to say it's good to see Brother Sister Martin here. I didn't want to just uh, call, but... Um, pastor in Kentucky with former superintendent there. We're so glad that they are here. Would you welcome them? Amen. Appreciate them. Honored to have all the ministry in the building. Luke chapter 1, the Bible tells us in verse 26, it says, in this, and in the sixth month, speaking of the pregnancy of Elizabeth, who was, who was barren and old uh, I said that didn't I but the Bible says that I believe but it says she was but it was in her sixth month uh, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph that means she was engaged to him of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name, oh, help me say it, Jesus. Watch verse 32. He shall be great, shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Praise God. What a word to have about the baby that's going to be born. Amen. I like to preach from the phrase of a Christmas song. Simply, what child is this? What child is this? Would you praise him again before you're seated? His presence is so wonderful here. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You do not want to miss tonight. Be songs, Christmas theme songs, and a powerful move of God will be on this evening. And we want everybody to come back. We only do this once a month, the first Sunday of the month. And we want you to be here. Also a reminder that on Christmas Day, we will have a service at 10 a.m. We are going to have service on Christmas Day. And... In honor of the Lord, it's going to be a great service. It's not going to be a real long service, but it's going to be a great service. So I realize you have plans with your family. What child is this? I think to understand that Isaiah prophesied of his coming. Even the psalmist David prophesied of his coming. If you would go all the way back to Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, in Genesis 3.15, you'll find it prophesied of his coming. 
when the Lord began to curse, how many know the Lord didn't cuss, but he began to curse. He cursed the land. He cursed Adam. He cursed the womb of Eve. Talked about she would give birth through child labor. He went on down and he cursed the devil. Aren't you glad he cursed the devil? Come on, the devil's cursed. Praise God. And he said, he said to the devil, he said, the woman's going to have a child of her seed out of the womb and said that the serpent is going to bruise his heel, but the seed shall bruise his head. That was speaking of this verse I read today, that a child would be born. Isaiah 9, 6 prophesies it. It says, unto us a child is born and a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. Can you say amen? His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. I submit to you today that it was not just another child. It was the Holy Child. It was known as the Son of God who Zechariah said would raise with healing in his wings. I come to preach to you today that God came from heaven to earth and was known as Emmanuel being interpreted as God with us. He was not just another baby. Contrary to what some religions believe is that he was just a prophet. Even Islam believes he was a prophet and even Islam believes that he's going to be the one that's going to come back and receive them. But they just believed he was a prophet. But I come to tell you, he was more than a prophet. He was more than a good man. He was Christ, the Messiah, the hope not only of the Jews, but the hope of the entire world. What child is this? His name is Jesus. Somebody shout, his name is Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, his name is Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament points to him. And everything since Calvary points back toward him. Our life we live, the churches that are built, the cathedrals that, that have, have been built are in honor of him. Today I tell you, there's nobody like Jesus. And if you believe that, praise him just for a moment. When he was born, the wise men came from afar. When they came to him, they brought gold, myrrh, and frankincense. The reason they did was in honor of he was a king, and they were acknowledging that when he was born, he was born as a king, so they gifted him as a king. They understood that when they followed the star that, that we hang up in children's programs and Little boys dress up like shepherds and little girls dress up like Mary and some baby they put in, in you know, how many enjoy those Christmas programs over the years? But when the shepherds came and the wise men came, and when the wise men came and they, they gave him gifts as unto a king, even Herod was threatened by his birth and he was only this big. Why? Because there's prophecy. A king was going to be born. And he's not just a king. 
He's going to be the king. He's the king. And he would be given a name that's above every name. Above everything in the heavens and above everything on the earth. I, I submit to you today that that king chose to die. He, he told Pilate when he was standing there with false accusations and was too quiet knowing what was ahead of him. They were concerned about his, his, his quietness at the judgment knowing he would be crucified with the false accusations. And he had the opportunity to defend himself. But Isaiah had already prophesied he would go to the... He would be like a, a sheep dumb before his, his shearers. He, he would go and would not even open his mouth. He, why? He, he, he was there that day and finally Pilate said, you know, about his life being taken. He said, you don't take my life. Let's just clear something up for a moment. You don't take it. I'm giving my life. Nobody could have taken his life. Because when he was hanging on the cross on Golgotha's hill, which we call Calvary, when he was hanging there, the Bible says 10,000 angels. That means unlimited. It doesn't mean one more than 9,999. When it says 10,000 angels, it, it was a cliche like we would say millions or unnumbered, innumerable. When he was there, 10,000 angels, all he had to do was thank the thought or even speak the word and they would have pulled him off of the cross and there would have been no hope. But Hebrews 12 says he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. He allowed them to drive nails in his hands. He allowed them to put a crown of thorns on his face. He allowed them to pluck the beard and spit in his face and belittle him and hail him as king of the Jews in mockery. But what he understood is that your sin, your mistake, and your failure was going to cause you to be belittled upon this earth. And he needed somebody that would stand in the gap that would take your punishment instead of you dying for your wrong. He said, I will die for the wrong of every human being in the world. I'm preaching Calvary to you right now. I'm preaching the cross to you right now. Jesus was the answer to every sinner, to every failure. Come on, to every drug addict, to every adulterer, to every fornicator. He was the deliverer. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, they didn't take his life. He gave his life. And because of that, he died on Calvary. Shed his blood. It was a mockery over him in three different languages. The king of the Jews. The king of the Jews. Amen. They buried him in a tomb. Hell rejoiced. People rejoiced. But how many know he didn't stay in a tomb? When he resurrected on that Easter Sunday. Come on, this isn't too familiar of a story to you that you got used to it, have you? But when he resurrected on that, what we call Easter Sunday... The Bible says he came up and he had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He's got authority over everything that is against you. Do you believe there's still power in him? He's not in a cross. He's not in a tomb. He's right here at 1365 Chamberlain Street, ready to make a difference in every saint, every person's life. Somebody shout glory. There's nobody like him. Nobody in comparison to him. This child that was spoken to Mary when he chose her. And I say to every mother here today that's dedicating the child to the Lord, 
I want to remind you that the Lord didn't just choose anybody to have this baby. When the angel sent from God by the name of Gabriel, which was a ministering angel, came. He came to her and said to Mary, He said, Thou art highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are thou among women. When she saw him, she troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Why why is the angel talking to me? I, I appreciate the compliments, but what's going on here? And the Bible says, and the angel said unto her, fear not. Now how would you feel if an angel showed up and started talking to you? Just appear in the room. My dad seen angels. I've seen two angels. They're real. This is real. But when the angel stands there and starts having a conversation with you, how are you going to respond? She began to be troubled. He said, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Can Can I stop here for a minute and say God's not confined to a Sunday morning church service once a year? How about once a week or twice a week? He came to her and said, I know your name. Mary, you found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. You're going to have a conception in the womb. Bring for the son and shalt call his name Jesus. Now, now watch this. Uh, some believe that she didn't conceive that just an embryo was put in the womb. But the Bible says she conceived. If I read this right, and you understand that, that Mary was engaged but not married. The Bible clearly defines her as a virgin, meaning that she had not been with a man. And the angel tells her, you're going to have a child, and here's how it's going to happen. She describes, which I've already read, he describes about what Jesus would be like. Then verse 34 says, Then said Mary unto, unto the angel, she has a conversation with the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And, um, and the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called, what? Everybody say, the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her, there it is, her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. I say to every lady in the room that seems to be barren, don't ever forget that with God, nothing is impossible. Can somebody believe with me right now for somebody that wants to have a child? Trust the timing of God and the plan of God. Let there be an amen in the building. My, my wife felt something one time in, in the service. She said, I want those that are wanting to have a child that cannot to come up. And, and nearly every single one of those ladies that came up, God gave them a child. God's able. Somebody that was watching online was unable to have children and saw that service and went after that service and conceived and they have a child today. I mean, no, God's able to give you children. Let there be an amen in the building. Not everybody has that concern, but those that do know what type of concern that is. 
And when, when Mary, let me, let me stop here for a moment and, and teach you and talk to you. Why did God choose Mary? This wasn't just another baby. That this, there was future in this baby. Matter of fact, the entire generations before and all the generations to come, we're going to be dependent upon this child. Can I say, you just don't leave your child anywhere. He didn't just place his kid anywhere. He had somebody that he believed would care for him the way he was supposed to be cared for. All the way down even into the womb knowing that she would guard and protect. There is a responsibility of parenting that doesn't start the day you leave the hospital and you're trying to figure out how to use a car seat. Almost takes a four-year degree to know how to use some of those car seats. How many know that's the truth? And uh, get in that car and drive away and terrified. I remember when Lakin was born. Lakin was born. I was scared to hold other people's kids. Up to that, Joe. I was scared to hold other people's kids. Now, now I've got my own. And I remember when they handed me her. I thought, what if I drop her? Any, anybody know what I'm talking about? Listen, I didn't carry baby dolls around when I was a little boy. I had pistols. I, praise God. Amen. Uh, football and softball and tackle. We didn't play two-hand touch. We tried to hurt them when we got a hold of them. Amen. But uh, here this delicate little baby that is 100% dependent upon our care. Fortunately, she knew exactly what to do. It was like it was just in her because she carried baby dolls around when she was little and babysit all those years through the summers. And, and I, Me, I was terrified. and I, I think that's why the Lord went to Mary first. <laughs> it's a great responsibility to take care of a baby. The first two years are so important that there's, you know, the Bible says train up a child. It doesn't say raise a child. I've said it often. You raise chickens, you train children. It's more to it than feeding them and having them a, a, a place to sleep. And, you know, and uh, the, they, they tell me that in the first two years of their life, their, their brains are growing so much faster than their body. And in that time, the brains are developing. In the first, the, the first uh, uh, five years of their life, they, the majority of their learning patterns have been developed. What happens in the life of a child impacts the entire future. Are you all hearing me? And uh, he, he wasn't just placing Jesus in the, in the care of anybody. Somebody that would care for him the way he needed to be cared for. What happens in the first two years, and I would say to you with study, that those two years, if there's trauma in the home, there's going to be trauma in the child. If there's name calling and toxic communication and fussing, well, it's just a baby. They don't even understand the words. They can feel the words. They can feel the fussing. 
boy, I've, I've done dove off the cliff down right into your living room. And it's just a baby. Uh, Christianity is more than going to church on Sunday. It's about becoming guards of your mouth. Because Jesus said it's not what enters a man's mouth that defiles him, but it's what comes out of a man's mouth. And there's got to be in your home uh, an atmosphere of love and forgiveness and mercy. If there's division and fighting and fussing and toxicity and entertainment is wrong, it's unclean, it's not good, and the, the, the response of sin and the things there, that, that child's going to grow up with some element of trauma and fear and anxious because of the things that happen as a child. I will say to you today, and I say it very carefully to you today, but when your child is small, you are sowing seeds into their soil. Sowing seeds into the soil of a child that when, guess what? They're going to start reaping those seeds in their adolescent years. Child can deal with a lot of things, but when the hormones kick in at age 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, all of a sudden what was dormant in a kid becomes magnified as a teen because they develop this, this independence and what seemingly was decisions made as parents, as, as, as young children in the home, later inherit that in the home when the kid becomes independent. What I'm saying to you today that we're dedicating babies now, and when you're making a commitment, you're making a commitment to be righteous now, not just on a Sunday morning. Thank God for Sunday school. But thank God for an atmosphere at home that complements what was taught on Sunday morning. And uh, what do y'all seem so nervous out there? You're all making me nervous here today. But what do you do? And I, I want to throw this here because many of you, if not all of us, at some point have made some mistakes, parenting, atmosphere, things we've said. How many have ever said something you regretted? Yeah, how many wish you could take it back and do some things different as a parent? Probably changed friends, wouldn't have let them stay some places. Probably would have done some things different because things that happened. Because it is the responsibility. Uh, uh, Michael, come here. Come here, Stan. No, no, bring the baby with you. Hey. Professional. Amen. That's, that's four kids worthy right there that I've had. She don't want that. She wants mom. I think that's her problem right there. She's looking at mom. We meet on Wednesdays. It's your responsibility to control the atmosphere that she's in. You can't, you, 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 you can't think for her. But that little girl can feel tension and feel love. How many know it's true? You say, you think they can? Your dog can. I mean, no, that's true. Boy, it's not, something wrong with that person. I just tell how my dog's acting. That's what I have people tell me. I don't know how true that is. But a child can pick up on love and also become very strained with an atmosphere that's contentious. The, the Bible says that, that, that bitter herbs in the house of friends is better than a stalled ox in a house full of contention. Let me give you the interpretation. Bad food and good friends with unity and love is better than filet mignon with people that are contentious. That's what it's saying. And your job as a parent 
is to create an atmosphere for her to thrive with love and forgiveness and mercy. Not strife and contention and jealousy. And what happened is, is when the Lord spoke to Mary. Come here, Mary. Stand right there for a minute. She's got a beautiful spirit. Wonderful person. This is a... Amen. She's a preacher, Brother Donnie. When the Lord spoke to Mary through the angel, he didn't talk to Joseph. He told her, you're going to have a baby, and you've never been with him. It's, it's not going to have the DNA of him. You would have tested the DNA of Jesus. It would have come back that he didn't belong to Joseph. The conception was going to be in your womb from from the Holy Ghost that's going to overshadow. This was going to be truly the Son of God. And when she heard this, you know what she did? She jumped up. She went to Elizabeth's house. She had to tell somebody, but she couldn't tell him. How am I going to tell him who I've been with? I'm pregnant. Are y'all with me? It, it was going to look illegitimate. So she went to a trusted voice and said to Elizabeth, who was six months pregnant, and said, when she walked in and greeted her, oh, she greeted her. I, I need to read it, what she said. When she greeted her, this is what Elizabeth said. Watch this. When she walks in and, and, uh, and Mary went to her house in Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth, in verse 41 of chapter 1, heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. That was John the Baptist. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. When she told Elizabeth what was going on, the Holy Ghost came, filled Elizabeth. How many know when the Holy Ghost fills you, you'll start speaking? Holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues. Well, this happened with Elizabeth. She was filled with the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 42. And she spake out with a loud voice. You imagine being there with her in the house. It's just you and her. Maybe Zacharias is over here. He's really old too. Elizabeth, the Holy Ghost comes upon her. And when it does, she starts speaking from the Holy Ghost. Blessed are thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She immediately acknowledged that this was going to be the mother of the Son of God. How powerful is that? And it says, it says, For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded, sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. She said, the Lord's going to do. I know it's awkward with me looking at you here, but the Lord's going to do, Mary, what he said he's going to do. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Do you believe this baby's of the Lord? Can I ask every parent here, do you believe the baby that God has given you, do you believe that baby's of the Lord? Watch what she says. She says, And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of this handmaiden. 
For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. You know what she starts doing? She starts prophesying. Can I say to every mother, I want the, the moms that are dedicating your children to stand. The moms that are dedicating their children. I want you to stand. When she believed that what was happening to her was of the Lord. She starts prophesying great things into the future. You cannot believe because the hour we live in is going to be fear and failure. You cannot parent out of fear. You have to parent in faith. She declares and believes that the Lord said he's going to be great, going to do marvelous things, and I'm going to be blessed. I'm telling you, we live in such an inadequate society that when we have children, we just feel they're just another mouth to feed. But when you're in the church and you understand all good gifts come from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning, my baby's going to turn out wonderful. The baby's going to be powerful. It's going to make a difference. The hand of the Lord is going to be up. Oh, how many believe this today? And because I believe they're of the Lord, I'm not going to train, I'm not going to let them live like everybody else lives. I'm going to treat them as a son. I'm going to treat them as a child of God. Mom, you have a role. You have a role. And traditional families, I know, the man's the provider and the mother's the keeper of the home and things that, 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 that go in there. But there's a role that you play in, in her life. That you got to speak light. you got to speak love. you got to make sure the house is, is in a place where the atmosphere is guarded. And let me talk about Joseph for a minute. Joseph, the Bible doesn't speak much about him in this. It's very little, but it talks about his demeanor because now she's with child. And the ladies, you can be seated. She's with child. Hold on. She's engaged to a man and has a baby from another source. And finally, there's some point you got to tell because evidence is going to start showing. You know, they covered up so long. And finally, she lets him know, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a baby. You ever thought of this on these details? And the Bible says that when she told him, but Joseph, please understand, I've been faithful. This is of the Holy Ghost. Now, you can be as, you can be as believing as you want to, but this is, a, this is the first time. He wants to believe her, but this is skepticism settling in all over. The Bible says that when he found out, he sought to put her away publicly or privately. You listen to me every, I want the dads to stand. It appeared she was not faithful. It appeared that she was not right. It appeared even that she's lying. But when he was going to put her away and separate himself because people are going to talk. You know what people do? When you have that baby, they start counting how many months it was since you've been married. You can act like you don't in the church, but people do those types of things. Was, is this baby legitimate? Is this baby born right? Are y'all with me right now? 
people in the community are going to start calculating because they haven't been married yet. And, and, and Joseph goes to put her away privately. He wasn't going to make a public shame out of her because truth of the matter is he loved her and even what looked like a mistake, he was going to be willing to cover it up even though he knew he could not marry her and be with her. This speaks volumes about his demeanor. It speaks volumes about his heart. Because if we are not careful as jealous men, when things go wrong, you will seek to bring shame and a ridiculed critical tongue that the, the, be, be, belittles and lowers the value of the one that's going to carry the baby in the womb. I want to say to every man in this room, you need to stop being critical and start being complimentary and praising to the bride that God has given you. Wait. Wait, you've got to learn to be praising and complimentary. Don't only speak your opinion when it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. It talks about him. That would have meant he's merciful, he's gracious, and God came to him by an angel. The angel that went to Mary, the angel came to Joseph. And Joseph, the angel came and said, this baby, I love you, bub. This can stand. This baby that Mary's going to have is of the Holy Ghost. It took an act of God to convince him, I want you to take care of her. I want you to take care of that baby. I want you to be a, a father. I'm, I'm putting words in the scripture now, but I'm just saying, that's what was saying, that when he was making a commitment to marry her, he was doing this because he loved her, but he was going, not only was the baby put into the hands of Mary, it was put into the hands of Joseph. And from that moment, you only hear from Joseph on the decisions made in the home of Jesus. Because God not only trusted her, he trusted him. Whew. What child is this? Is it just going to be another baby? I'm challenging. I want the couples to stand. I, I come to you today because I believe that these babies aren't just a piece of tissue in the womb. That's being given permission to be born. I believe that which is conceived is of the Lord. Come on, can somebody help me right now? It's of God. It's of God. You're making a vow today that I'm going to love this baby as a gift from God. I'm going to protect the atmosphere of this baby because the baby will mold to whatever atmosphere it's in. Do you know that? Children will mold to the atmosphere that they're in. And I say to both of you today that you've got to speak life into the baby. Let's all stand all over the building. It looked illegitimate. It didn't look right. There are people in this building right now that have said, Pastor, my situation's not right. Can I tell you that God's able to bring something good out of your bad situation? There's still greatness in you, even though there's seeming like there's been failure around you. Will somebody clap your hands and praise Him and magnify Him? He shall be great. And shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. 
when, when, when Jesus was at age 30 baptized and he was despised by his own biological brothers, how many know that? You know why his brothers didn't believe in him? Because they believed the report of Galilee. They believed that he was not of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says his own biological brothers didn't believe in him. But Jesus had the voice of his mother and the voice of his earthly father that would say, there was an angel that said, you're going to be. How many know he grew in wisdom and in stature? And when he was baptized, the Spirit of the Lord descended upon him like a dove and a voice out of heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You know what happens two or three verses later? The devil shows up and says, if thou be the son of God. Don't ever forget as mom and dad that the devil's always going to try to get you and your children to doubt who they are in the Lord and their purpose. You know why there's so much suicide and chaos today? I'm going to tell you why. Because people don't realize their value. But in Him we live and breathe and we have our being. We're fearfully, and somebody say wonderfully made. Today, these children are not an accident. There's destiny in them. There's great, I want every parent to say they're going to be great. Cassidy, do you have a nursery? Decorated all? Yeah, what colors are there? Huh, it's a jungle. He's going, I, let me tell you, the baby act like a monkey every now and then. Let me tell you something around. I told my kids, when we go to the zoo, I hope they don't keep you. They probably look back and said, wonder, wonder if they don't keep you, Dad. That's probably what my kids would have said to me. get the nursery already the baby is there but there's more to this than nurseries prayer in the home brings an atmosphere that cannot be compared to in anything else that you do praying over them and speaking life and when the spirit of the Lord came upon Mary she said how doth magnify the Lord my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior for he hath regarded the low estate and the handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. I want every parent to say, God's going to bless me. For he that is mighty hath done, a great, hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. His mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. Somebody say, he's going to bring strength. She said, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever, the Bible says, and Mary abode there three months and returned to her own house. I want the, I want the couples to come and uh, stand across the front and I want your families to stand with you those that have been invited with you can stand with you we need to spread out here today but stand around the altar if you will everyone else can be seated for a moment I want us to all begin to pray as they get situated would you open your heart to the Lord and say I don't want my child to just be like any child 
Lord, I don't want to raise them as just another child. Train them up as just somebody else. Let me see them for who they are and what you call them to be. Hallelujah, greatness is coming out. In Jesus' name. I... There's going to be times that you do it wrong. There's going to be times that you say it wrong. Be times that you have a bad attitude. Anybody in the building never had a bad attitude? Anybody in the building never had a bad attitude? We all have. And uh, there's been moments that, that there's been moments that we regret. Brother Mark, come on closer to the altar. Come on a little bit closer. There's times when we say things we have regret and deal with. Uh, thoughts unspoken fall down dead, but they're hard to fix once they're said. And it's just true to that. I want to say that if you've ever spread bad seeds or bad oats, in the kid they'll come out later but you know what you do if you didn't do it all right you just start spreading good seed I've got a place at my house where I couldn't hardly get seed to grow you know what I learned you know what I learned Brother Garrett if you want seed to grow you keep sowing seed so all the people in the building that have done things wrong in your children's childhood what do I do now I've made some mistakes I'm going to tell you what to do keep sowing good seed speak life Keep praying. Go to the house of God. Fasting. Reading your Bible. Speaking life. Everybody say this. My children are going to be great. Amen. Amen. Let's all bow our heads. We're going to pray. God, I, I pray right now that your hand would be upon this service. Upon this ceremony of baby dedication. I preach what I felt you've given me today. Thank you, Lord. There's a generation depending upon these children today. Possibly a city soul, a ministry, an innovation, a book, a wisdom, a word, that one of these children can speak to save a life in their generation because we believe they're from you. They won't be pleasure seekers, but God seekers. They'll seek the will of God over anything else in their life. Let there be a call of God in this room and upon these parents to seek nothing more than what God wants for their children. I pray you'll do a work today in their life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Today we dedicate Scarlett, Henry, Pearl, Elena, Silas, and Hannah. This is the charge to the parents. Are y'all ready? Let us hear the word of the Lord as it comes to us in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down and when thou risest up. How I many know that's a commission of the Lord? This is the commandment of God 
that we should diligently rear our children in this apostolic truth. In obedience to this command, these parents bring their children today to present them to the Lord. The precedent for the ceremony of baby dedication may be found in both the Old and New Testament, as in the presentation of Samuel by Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and Jesus by Joseph and Mary in Luke chapter 2. Paul even reminded Timothy that from a child, I want you all to say they're not too young to make a big difference. He said that from a child he had known the Holy Scriptures. How did that happen? Was it the synagogue on Sunday? It was his mother on Monday. He had known the Holy Scriptures, 2 Timothy 3.15. Jesus considered the little ones infinitely precious. And he said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. The purpose of baby dedication is really to be found in the purpose of the parents. Rightly understood, the ceremony is one of parental dedication. It's like the vow you make when you got married. That you're making a vow again today. And it says, um, these parents are pledging themselves to obey the command of Paul in Ephesians. Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The power of this ceremony is the parents' dedication of themselves as well as their child to God. Are y'all willing to do that today? The covenant of the parents. So if it be your intention to present this child to the Lord and to pledge yourselves to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, please answer what we do to the following promises. Amen. Do you hear... This day, recognize your child as a gift from God and give heartfelt thanks for God's blessing. Amen. Do you hear this day commit as parents that you will example spiritual disciplines in your daily life to bring this child up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Amen. Do you hear this day promise to give the child every possible benefit of home, of education, of the church Amen. do you hear this day ask God's blessing upon their life to guide, guard and direct them through all their years praise God I uh, want us all to stand today Amen if they could I'm going to have the, the grandparents or someone near to hold the baby and we're going to anoint the ministry would come pastoral ministry would come and help pastor my wife if she would come we're going to pray for each parent and I'm asking this church to pray the Bible talks about in that day woe to them that have children let me know it's an evil day and uh, but I believe God wants to let these families flourish in this end time is there an amen in the building we're going to pray and they're going to sing softly and we're going to pray would you just create an atmosphere of worship here for a moment and we're going to go to each each parent and pray a blessing over them
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.